0: Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quark Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Draft Rugby Show. I'm your host, Kagi. And tonight, we're going to discuss the Wallabies and Pumas 15-all draw on the weekend. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Harry and Nelson, and the great man himself, Paul Mm -hmm. Tate. uh, Joining us from... Paul, are you in... Brazil or in Argentina currently?
1: Yes, Brazil. Brazil. Uh, Can't really go to Argentina because of the rules at the moment. Uh, It's very hard to get there. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. No, I think I've got that wrong twice before. I've said uh, joining us from Argentina. So this time, uh, third time lucky. But look, uh, if you are um, listening to us, please, um, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. But otherwise, um, you can find the video of this Zoom call on YouTube Um, remember to like subscribe and all of that jazz Um, yeah well look so Paul joining us once again the man on the ground all things Argentina rugby Um, Paul writes for America Rugby News a bunch of other publications and really is the go-to the source of all things Argentina rugby just how excited are you Paul Um, look we've got to give a huge wraps Um, Argentina has been amazing
1: oh thank you absolutely Uh, everybody is uh, that I know uh, in, the, in the Argentine media, they're all just overwhelmed, uh, ex pulmers uh, ex-administrators. So everybody is like uh, extremely, extremely happy. And I mean, I've been getting messages from people that I, that I know from online from something five or, or more years ago, people uh, that, I, that I met at a rugby match somewhere. So it's pretty, you know, it, it has left a mark. Um, but I mean, the feeling is kind of like uh, for most people is that, you know, we did it and, yeah. and also that um, uh, it wasn't luck or anything like that. This was really hard work. And uh, I mean, the next set match against, against New Zealand, I, I, I watched it twice and thought the second time, but they really dominated um, cool, calm. And, and uh, this was a, a spring box. Performance, I thought, so yeah, yeah. to defeat the, the
2: All Blacks. Just for for someone on you know the other end of this, you know the the side here, not not an Argentinian supporter, you know through and through, they have just won so many people over. Does like they they? I think they're taken over, you know, Japan in recent years of being everyone's second favorite team, just because the passion, you know, play, playing for their country, Pablo Matera, and just they are going hard at every opportunity they can
1: yeah i mean Matera obviously you know w- w- was in the in the headlines for talking to the rap as he did, and i mean it, you could look either way at that at that incident um i mean <clears throat> I, personally, I thought it was fine uh, because i mean the, the way the rules are nowadays you're not allowed to do anything in terms of foul play, so yeah uh, we we saw what happened it was nothing nothing serious, but of course they fired up and then in, in Newcastle, mm. what what happened post-match with the, the supporter getting the, the jersey. I mean, that, oh, was, yeah. that was just, you know, was another instance there of, of, you know, rugby's in these guys' veins. They're, they're playing for their country, uh, like you said. And uh, they, they turned up for a reason. And, uh, I mean, we, we don't need to talk about the, the missing team or anything like that, but uh, just, the dedication there is something which really does make an impression. Uh, many people are just like uh, very, really inspired or just happy because this has been the year that it has. And they get to see uh, the effort going in and uh, it's true. It truly is something great because sport is supposed to be more than, than, than just uh, competition between team A and B, you know, there's supposed to be other things. World rugby uh, prides itself on values, and a lot of times we see in Rugby World cups and just general uh, international competition, we see, you know, ex mary All Blacks playing for Scotland and now for Ireland as examples. And it's just like, you know, uh, uh, can be really off-putting depending on who you are. And uh, I've voiced my opinion on that regularly. I mean, I'm, I have no interest in watching these, these examples of players, especially when you have Spain uh, disqualified from World Cup qualifiers because yeah, two, two of their players had been France under-20s players, but I mean, at the same time, we've got uh, Wales playing with a host of England under-20 players, and they're allowed to based on who they played against, which is just, just crazy. So when you've got all these things going on, uh, highly political, just a return to the value of sport. I think that that's what ultimately has, has been the the driving factor behind just many people being being uh, being impressed with the team. I think uh,
3: I'm catching what you're putting down, Paul. You're saying that you guys just need a couple of Fijians and you'll be number one in the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting. I, I was, I was uh, talking the other day with a the Brazilian friend and he knows a lot. He's been to uh, two World Cups and, and, and he was asking me what I thought about about this, and, and I and I and I paused, and I and I said, "Well, you know, the Wallabies in 2003, they they basically did a similar thing to what's what's happening now, which is they got they got a back three from rugby league, so they had a Sailor Rogers, what was it, Yeah, and I mean, uh, uh, just ignore eligibility. I mean, and and look what they did, and it's basically the same thing they've been doing." in recent times. So, Argentina compared to that, I mean, if if we talk about that quickly, that opening game in Sydney in the the World Cup, that, I mean, Australia way, way better in in all areas. Argentina just uh, mentally inferior. uh, A few amateur players involved, a lot of professionals, and and above all, they're just not good enough. Australia a much, much better team. so what's happened from there to now is, is pretty noticeable in, in certain positions, especially the wings. I mean, yeah. Today, today the Pumas' wingers are, are, are world class, and they never were. Uh, they were always okay. Yes. Now they're world class, and uh, so it's really good because the last World Cup in Japan, they, they refused to even go down that that route because they were they were Hagwadis first. So mm-hmm. you had to be exceptional, even if you were you know, clearly deserving your opportunity. You weren't picked. So I mean, uh, that change has really revolutionized them. I and I mean, you would probably say that that the the Hagwadis, uh, and European based Pumas wingers, they are, you know, PG and caliber. Some of these guys are really, really exceptional.
2: Sure. Yeah, there's there's some brilliant players coming through and you definitely have, you know, some small agile wingers. You've got, you know, guys that are rejuvenating that sort of style of play as well, which is pretty awesome. Um, similar to we saw in the World Cup with you know, Cheslin Colby and a few other smaller guys coming out and, and really making their name on the international stage. You were chatting about the Haguaras there. We actually had a, a listener question from one of our uh, loyal listeners, Mitch Evans, 94. Uh, he was saying, how much of the recent success of the Pumas is down to the Haguaras' involvement in super rugby? And is there an, an alternative to playing in France, England next year for those players so that they will have some high-quality rugby being played? Sure.
1: well definitely uh, it was tremendous of course but this is a not a, 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 a single factor this, this is multifaceted so I would I would say that what happened was uh, essentially where there, there were already players abroad in certain positions or where they did move abroad then Haguares were able to, to convert into producing new players so in, in terms of wings we can definitely say that's what happened so Imhoff was already in Europe from 2011. Yeah. Uh, Cordero left after uh, I want to say 2016 maybe it was 2017. The point is his departure then along came Delgi, based, based on being a available spot and Ramiro Mochano was very similar in that regard he went from, from very much a fringe fullback to being a starting winger based on the, the team there, Jaguari. So, uh, so that happened. It also, though, wasn't so straightforward. For example, Maroni, Santor ended up playing wing uh, a lot based on the needs of the team because he was a good player and they had good centers. And so where do we put him? Mm. So that, that was – I mean, was, was that a positive or a negative? Uh, and, I mean, another one is Sanchez. He left. They got the quarterfinals with him. Then he left for France. And then the next season, they had nobody, uh, really. They had uh, the experienced player they had was, was Santiago González Iglesias. And he couldn't, couldn't make the team. So, they ended up going with uh, Bonilla and Miotti, two, two guys. One was a rookie. The other one had had a handful of matches, but nothing more than that. And uh, I mean, that went really well. So they, that was a, that was an example there of Hagwadis definitely improving the, the number of, of players and, and benefiting a lot around. But I, I think the best answer to the question would be that, that they, they put all their eggs in one basket with Hagwadis. And the Pumas last year, the World Cup, that's what they were. Uh, there were obviously a, a few exceptions. Uh, uh, Figacho, uh Sanchez, Fischepa. Um I think that was it, to be honest. Three names. So, uh you know, they didn't pick Imhoff. They didn't pick Cordero. They didn't pick Gomez Cordero and and uh, and other names. So, what's happened? I ha- what's that?
0: Acundo Isa as well. I didn't pick.
1: Yeah. yeah, didn't pick Isa exactly. And they admitted that was a mistake. Um <laughs> they didn't. They didn't explicitly say it was a mistake, but <laughs> what they did say was that Javier Ortega Decio, he was dropped, not in the rugby championship. He went to play for the next 15, Argentina 15, in the South American Four Nations. And he, and and they, and, they, and they made it clear. They said, look, he, he wasn't good enough last year. Hmm. That was it. And at the start of Super Rugby, the, the matches we did get, he was out of favor. Yeah. So yeah. they didn't specifically say, yeah, for, sorry, Facundo, you should have played. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, it's pretty clear now. Uh, they went for Ortega-Dazio, because it was the, the number two line-out guy after Teddy, uh, Excellent line-out jumper. I mean, they got a good try uh, against France from that very player there, uh, from a rolling mall, and from, from a line-out. So, but now, I mean, we're seeing far more options in that regard in the line-out, so that's one positive aspect. Yeah. Um, so the second half of, of the question, uh, could you repeat it?
0: Yeah, no, that was about... Um... What, uh, what what can we do to prevent all the Argentine players going over to France and England? How can we get them involved next year, potentially super yeah. rugby? I mean, we saw Jul- Julian Montoya um, sign for the force. Fantastic. Probably the best signing ever for the force. A
2: couple couple guys going to the force, weren't there?
0: That's true, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Happening. Okay, yeah. Look, I, I I I think that um, unfortunately we're in the situation where we're not surprised, which 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 is that where on earth is the global season? Uh What is going on? Why is World Rugby not doing anything? The whole COVID nineteen <clears throat> should be uh, You know, let's re- hit the reset button. Haven't happened. No. So um, I mean, we're looking at we're looking at uh, basically the same idea of what's happening now will have to be what they do so we're going to have you know half let's say half from the south half from the north under a perfect scenario i and will not play super rugby the team won't disappear it's a trademark and all the rest of it um let's see if they do play in the Superliga americana or not um i mean uh, that's what they realistically have to do uh, it's cost effective um, and and the doors are closed elsewhere. I mean, they would have played in South Africa. That was what, that's what they wanted to do, but it's just not viable now. Yeah. So uh, let let's see. I mean, I do think more players will leave. Uh, I know that the Force are, have it's not official, but I've been told the Force have also got Midrano. Right. So there's one more. Yeah. Um,
0: most that's of the not, of not it right. sounds great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's, a, there's another force room player uh, which was Santiago yeah. Iglesias. I saw that on an Australian source, but this doesn't make sense to me. He was uh, gone from triple rugby. He was in Japan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Utility player rather than, than a, yeah. a, a guy with his name in the 23. So I have also seen speculation that it will be Carreras, the fullback. That would make sense. I mean, uh, if that's true, then great. Uh, ultimately, the 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 team that was Haguare is all but one player that from the Super Rugby final uh, have either left or or are uh, attached, so to speak. I mean, there's speculation if they're leaving. It's just get the chapado the prop who officially, uh, is, you know, is still a jaguar. So. Mm. Let's see if more of them go. And I mean, if they do, if, if this happens, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, just, just to give you an example, I remember in 2007, before the World Cup, a, a Fiji in France uh, told me, uh, basically said, if we get to the court of violence it's because of France, that's what, that's what his words were. And I mean, they did, of course. Uh, and I mean, that, that's it. You, you don't need to have your own professional league. You need to have players playing in professional competitions. Yep, yeah, so right. I mean if Argentina cannot do it themselves mm. uh, I mean we we hope they can. Yep. Yeah. But if they can let, let's see what they can do. I mean the Super League is it's there. It exists. I, mean, I think there's
2: a it's a big thing about having players playing together regularly and I think for me that was one of the biggest things the Pumas have done for a good chunk of time now obviously sprinkling in the people from overseas. You can see the uh, effect these guys have been wanting to play, I'm sure, in the Argentine jersey for quite some time. So to be able to get that chance, they're not gonna to want to let that go. But I think it was another another real good showing in in part from them on the weekend. We had a, a 15-all draw. So they've had a win mm-hmm. in four in their first two games in the Tri Nations, which is an awesome start. This one uh, could be said it's Hodge versus Sanchez in terms of off the boot. Both got four yeah. six. Um, at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. So we haven't played many games there before. Uh, I think we had a 6-9 loss against Scotland there. So we are... Uh, it's an, an improvement for Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're improving. Um, Harry, do you want to take us into the injuries?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, you guys, you guys had a lot of injuries in this game. Which, you know, when we, when we get on to talking about next week's game, uh, it's going to raise a lot of questions that we have for you. But uh, obviously Thomas Kubeshi didn't play after banging his knee up in the All Blacks game. Uh, He also had one him off, go off with a hammy or a knee injury. I saw the ice in the back of his knee there. So I think he jumped up for a high ball in like the 15th minute to Tom Wright and then uh, had to come right off, which got the on pretty early, which, I mean, let's be honest, is a great thing anyway. (laughs) Um, Just to rattle through him as well. Kremer came off with a a, a head injury assessment, but he was very concussed. It just took him a while to get off the field. Yeah. You had Nicolas Sanchez. Looked like he was just limping around with a groin injury for a long time. Uh, Befele looked looked a bit dusty holding his groin as well. So, I mean, there's been no talk from the coaching team about that one. So I assume that's pretty minor. And then uh, on the flip side, I think sort of all of his pataya, are the same. Just looked to be kind of holding himself out in the field when he was on one leg as well. Um, what do you, What do you think about the... How the the actually dealt with all those injuries and and how it had to really change, especially their backline, how they played.
1: Yeah, well, well Bofele, uh the, the idea was for him to play in the second half, So they got him on way too early, and he wasn't a hundred percent. He missed the first match for that reason. So, an uh, you know, an uncapped player, Sinti, was the replacement for that match because the Argentina they're not playing with a replacement fly half. Viotti's not not fit yet. All right. Should be okay for this week. And they do want to make changes. Uh, so Sanchez, he uh, was minor injury, but they, they say he's okay to play uh, against Australia this coming weekend. Um, who else? Kramer, uh, he's cleared. They say he's okay. Uh, Imhoff, uh, he won't play. Uh, mm. I mean, he, he could, but why would they? They've got all these other wingers playing. The guy had, had the knock that he did. It, do you know problems. what he did? Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a hamstring, as I understand. Nice. It was a, they, they're all, all they're officially saying was a, a muscle injury in, in, in his upper leg. So we do know what Definitely hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, who else? Oh, uh, uh, De La Fuente is fit again. So he'll, he'll be able to play for the first time. Boffelli mm-hmm. uh, injury cloud, but uh, let's see. I'm not sure if they'll play him or not. I think, I mean, I would, I would suggest Cordero will probably pull it, replace Imhoff because uh, why would you start Portelli if he has a minor problem? There's also Mojano who who's there and, I mean, plays in France. For goodness sake, you're not going to fly him over for uh, nothing.
0: Mosciano's there, right? I didn't realize he was, yeah. he was with the squad. Neither. All right, well, look, Paul, I'll stop you there because you're, um, you're putting out some spoilers for the, the preview we'll get to um, a little bit earlier uh, later on. Um, talking about this game, um, look, uh, sorry, this, the Wallabies in Argentina. Uh, the Wallabies dominated possession, 63% possession and 70% territory. Um, I think we were all certainly worried about uh, the Wallabies matching up in terms of physicality, but uh, I think particularly in that first half, the Wallabies came out absolutely firing. So um, it certainly, it, it didn't seem as if Argentina was, had gone quiet. But um, I think the Wallabies was, were probably the more physical of the two sides. And I don't think we all expected that um, coming into this game. So uh, what did you make of that?
1: Yeah, I thought Australia were far better. Um, I mean, I went after, I mean, when him, basically when him off, went off, I was saying to myself, we're looking at a 30 to 10 defeat, something like that. Not because of the player, just because Australia was with everywhere. Mm-hmm. Argentina were in their own half, uh, and, and Australia were, were phase after phase. They were getting breaks. Uh, Argentina was able to, to just uh, trust the, the player outside and then ultimately hold firm. And uh, they have mentioned Cheka for his uh, rugby league influence in the defense. I think that was pretty evident. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, I thought Australia deserved. Uh, to win by uh, by, uh, I mean well, I don't don't want to give a scoreline, but uh, clear victory. And uh, I, I thought they were really unlucky. You know, obviously, not the score. Patea was, you know, you can't blame him for that. I mean, in another ground, it was a try because it <laughs> depends where the dead ball line is, is painted, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: So, uh, I
2: got, uh, yeah, it's a, it was a funny one. I think we came out firing, but I mean, you touched on it. I mean. We had the chances, we created the chances throughout that match, but I, I think we just failed, you know, the right at the moment that we had to score, the last pass or whatever it might be, we, we had too many errors and, and there was still a fair bit of pressure from that defensive line from the Argentines, um, which made us make some mistakes, especially at the breakdown as well, a few forced turnovers, things along those lines.
0: Yeah, it was always, as you said, Nels. The last it was the last movement. So it was either last pass or drop ball, yeah. or that's when we'd concede a penalty. Um, yeah. And that's that's certainly credit to. We talked last week about how good Argentina was at deciding which rucks to commit to and when to just fill the field. Um, mm-hmm. And so it certainly was was part of that was uh, Argentina picking their moments, holding the line for quite a long time, and then picking the moment to go in there for a steal. Um, and the Wallabies just couldn't seem to capitalise their momentum, um, which I guess has been typical of the Wallabies recently. But, um, yeah, I think, what did you think of the kicking game? We talked a lot about last week how important the kicking game was going to be. So, not only for penalty goals, but for, ter- for territory. Obviously, sorry, I've said the Wallabies ended up with more territory. But um, I think Hodge was very good in that regard. Sure. No, I thought
1: uh, it pretty hard to really ease up, I think, yeah, he missed the, missed the match-winning opportunity, but I mean, just the general play was excellent. And uh, the guys been thrown in there. I mean, Australia have realistically have not had a had a first-choice ten for a number of years. I mean, the World Cup, the change in the tournament. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, people wanted Curtly Bill to play ten. You know, all kinds of examples. So I mean, there you, there half a dozen names who, who have been been playing there and now Hodge comes from literally from from nowhere and uh, and he, he has the he has the talent uh, and he's very young so um, I think he's a very promising player indeed uh, I, I thought he, he was excellent tactically did what he was supposed to do while wow, got Australia where they needed to be in the field um, Argentina were obviously patient that was the big difference from years gone by they they didn't cave in they they held firm uh, and Australia, the one thing I would say, is, I mean, maybe this is Hooper, maybe it's somebody uh, from up, from the coaching position, but you know, the, the, the turning down penalties to pick for the corner is a big no-no. You don't do that. Um, obviously, it's a confidence factor, but uh, you know, I, I, w- I would always, uh, if if you have a uh, strong shot, let's say 80% chance of landing the goal, so you know, you're, you're 40 metres out or something of that variety. I would always kick the points. They didn't do that. New Zealand didn't do, that, do it either. So obviously they, they were uh, both teams were of the view that look, Argentina are fragile they'll, they'll cave in, but they, they didn't in, in either match. So this is one of the, one of the potential talking points going forward that uh, I mean, people have criticized teams for their lack of uh, attack year in, year out. But realistically, defense is, is, is what wins games. And uh, this was the first, you may not know this, but this was Argentina's first ever rugby championship match without conceding a try. Oh, right. So didn't know that. Yeah, huge. never yeah. never before. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, uh, was it 12 Six, 12, uh, 15, Half six, time. I believe. Yeah. You know, Australia were, at, were 15, six up, I believe. And, I mean, getting back to a draw, that was a, that was a victory realistically, and considering how play went. I mean, Argentina had no try scoring opportunities, unless you want to talk about full-time, uh, you know, and there have been people questioning what happened there, you know, was that a penalty, and uh, taken without the ball, or, you know, possibly penalty try. I, mean, I, I don't know, but... Yeah. I mean, just getting a draw was a victory because you're playing Australia in Australia, and they've got essentially 60% of the possession in the territory, and you're coming away with that you know, a week after.
2: Exactly right. Like we, we had literally, what, 63% of possession. But the oh, interesting thing out of it, talking about the, the kicking, you, the, the Pumas still kick 36 to 27 times. So with 37% of the ball, they kicked it 36 times. Like last week, they it's kicked it. It's more than it one a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they, they, um, they had 26 uh, kicks last week. So obviously they're quite comfortable on the defensive side. Um, they don't necessarily feel that they have to hold the ball to you know, exert that pressure that they have been doing and trying to use that uh, defense almost as attack. But do you think that, was that something that they'd planned to do? Like, Did, did they really want to be kicking this much more? Or do you think it was something that came out of the pressure that was exerted you know, early on with the, the defense of Wilson and Tupo coming out and making those hits? Um, do you think that they resorted to it a little bit more so?
1: Um, well, I, from what you said, my, my mind is going back to France from Japan from the World Cup because that's what they did who barely just kicked. That was their game plan. Yeah. And people were really critical of that. And so I think what they've done is they, they, they've stuck to their guns in that regard. They're still doing that. They essentially want to make the other teams <clears throat> play at them and, and try to control where they are. So they're comfortable if they're outside of their 22. That's basically as I'm reading it. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're also wanting teams to, 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 to try things out that they don't really want to try. So I mean, Australia's two near tries. Uh, you know, both the, the the first one was was kind of like a, a I would say a, a you know hit in the hope or kick in the hope something like that just chase through. I mean, yeah. Uh, not not yeah. criticizing it at all, but that's just is how I read it. And the second one, the forward pass, that was pressure. I mean, uh, previous year as you would see, easy try. you are talking about a, a twenty you know, 20 kilo mismatch from the, the wingers and, and uh, it wasn't a score. So uh, I do think that the idea of, of playing, uh, sticking to, to what you know, just getting it right, that they have tweaked what, they, what wasn't working. And ultimately the difference between now and, and, and the World Cup is their defense because they scored tries, but they conceded a lot. England just killed them. Uh, at the World Cup. Killed them, the killed and the game was over before the red card.
3: The uh, the thing that stood out to me uh, that you mentioned before with, with Australia opting to go to the line or to try and take their chances attacking instead of taking the points, you know, I, I think probably the biggest plays in the game were the Argentinian defensive lineouts and the Wallabies lack of execution at the lineout. You know, the Wallabies had 22 lineouts to throw in against the Argies who have now been very good two weeks in a row defending. I think you had Guido Petty steal two five-metre lineouts when the Wallabies were hot on attack trying to actually convert some points. And then you had another one with Brandon Mosa not throwing straight when it wasn't even contested. But... That, that was a huge play for me to do that twice in a game to actually, I, I, I guess, rob the Wallabies of that opportunity. And it's, it's been such a strong – such a strength for the Argies and Guido Peti has just gone from strength to strength in that area.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I, I, a lot of people are talking about him as one of the great Argentine second rowers. Uh, uh, so right up there, uh, I, I – I would also place his name in the conversation of the best lineup workers. Uh, I yep. mean, who, who is better? You know, you, you, you tell me. So mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think that uh, he's exceptional there. Uh, really reliable. Uh, but what they've been doing is also with that is, is they've moved away from just him getting uh, nine per match. So more guys in the air now. That's good. But Petty on defense, he's going, going to challenge and you know those two ones he did win they, they were really really important obviously.
0: Yeah I think they're, they're game breakers. Yeah I don't think we've said this with uh, we've said this many times before but not probably not with Paul. Um, I think Guido Petty is easily one of the top three locks in the world. I think you've got to put Brody Retallick perhaps J up there but Petty is just amazing in all facets of the game really isn't he? I think and I think you could be right. I think he's Probably the best uh, lineout operator in world rugby, right. you'd have to say. Um, so fantastic review. Now, look, I do want to remind Paul. Um, it was an Argentina home game on the weekend in Newcastle, um, your home ground. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but no, look, I think I think a valid point was to, to do with Argentina kicking a bit more when you when you are defending the whole time and you are pinned in your territory, you have to you have to kick naturally to, to get back out of um, territory. So I think the the stats there kind of illustrate how the game played out that way. But um, no, look, talking about Argentina forcing Australia to do uh, other things or things they don't want to, I think that's that's spot on. I think um, the grubber through, look, that, that showed, for us, that showed Hunter Paisami just has skills upon skills upon skills in terms of, um, you know, we didn't know he could do that. But still, it's a lower percentage play. So by filling the field and making it so difficult to, to penetrate, you're forcing teams to throw loopier passes or put kicks through in, put in lower percentage plays. Um, <clears throat> so that, that just is test play's testament to Argentina's defence. But Hunter Paisami, he is, I think, I, I went back and listened to our podcast last week. We said he's certainly one of the better wallabies and that it would be very hard to drop him from the team. But I think um, he's almost one of, he's getting up there as one of our most important backs. So I just think um, the battle against Chocobares this week was fantastic. Two uh, very young inside centres who both have 100% success records against New Zealand. I mean, what more can you want? Yeah, I, got,
2: um, I, I can't wait to see that that combination with him and Jordy Batea. build. Jordy Batea, you know, maybe not making all the right choices at the moment. I, I was quite frustrated on a few occasions on the weekend, that's for sure. But, I mean, for me, he's got all the skills. These two guys are going to be playing together, you know, week in, week out for Queensland. Uh, next year and I, I can't wait to see that continue to build we, we were touching on the line out before I think something that frustrated me a little bit was that I thought the Wallaby scrum was was really dominant early on very early on in that you know that first half they they were very very solid and we just couldn't seem to get any pay out of it in fact I think the only tight head that was won was by the Pumas on the night I do think it was in the second half after you know Tana Tupo had come off but um the, the, new, the prop, Codella, what, what do you think about him being brought back in? Because, I mean, for, for myself, I, I, I like the Pumas. I, I know a lot of the Argentine players, and he wasn't someone I was expecting to, to rush back in.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's 35, so there you go. Uh, <clears throat> his last cap last was against Georgia, and that was in 2013. Yeah. So that was the last uh, uh, mid year international before Horkade became coach uh he played he was coached for the november series he, he came in so look he was overlooked predominantly for the reason of orcad's attitude which was uh let's develop from home um and and we're, we we can take one guy from from france but we don't want two or three of them so ultimately it was not merit It was politics um, he should have been in there um yeah. but, gosh, but was retired um they, they essentially looked at the Haguar props and, and, and said, look, the guys who are available are, uh, are, are decent, but are they good enough? You know, we're, we're going to be playing while he's in blacks and, and they were right to pick him. They initially didn't pick him, he was added. So that, I mean, when he was initially left out, I, I you know, marked his name down as should be there. Um, so I was not surprised busy? at all. He is he saying someone that you
3: thought was like a, I guess, a key scrummager? Is that, <clears throat> is that it, or maybe is it showing that they didn't quite trust the the props that were in the squad in the World Cup? I, I, you know, I'm trying to interpret why you would bring, bring him back this late. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, if if you watched uh, Super Rugby, what we got of it anyway, you would have seen a, a promising prop, Joel Sklavy. Yeah. He was in France yeah. and was brought home. And, and look, he, he quickly moved ahead of Midrano this year. They were like, look, look that's just much better, mm-hmm. and much better in the scrum. So they ultimately got rid of him, mm-hmm. uh, not by, you know, <laughs> you're not good enough. No, he was injured. So that happened, and Pegasha retired, and it's like, okay we let's let's look somewhere else. And I mean, so it was it was not like a prize, like a, you know, a bonus prize or anything like that. It was just that <laughs> this guy's actually been tearing it up. I mean, the French media have, have named him in, in dream teams or team of the week or, or whatever for a number of seasons. He's always his name's always considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it, it was his time and often patience pays off. I mean, Imhoff and, and gomez Codela exactly the same. They they were always there. They just weren't picked based on politics from an anything else. Look, we've got these good guys in Argentina. Let's just trust them. So. That's great.
0: And, that, and they love their front rowers over in France. They're, uh, you know, often the first picked in, uh, in the team. I, I was singing to the high, highest praises of uh, Codella last week. He played 75 minutes and was just immense, but he's a he's a classic front rower build, um, and I thought he just pulled off some athletic feats last week. He was making some diving, covering tackles, things like that. He was brilliant. But um, look, speaking of thirty five years, is young these days. I mean, another player who they could have brought back, Augustin Creevey. Uh How 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 bad do we feel for him that uh, he just finishes up and they get get the victory against the All Blacks? Um, I'll, yeah.
1: Well, but he's really happy for the team. He's been on social media yeah the reality is he's got a you know a a young child and uh and argentina what's going on there is an absolute mess i mean Mm. i don't want to get into it here but uh let's just let's just say that anyone who had an offer from (laughs) london art and and says no you're pretty crazy so he got the offer and they wanted him right away so that's what's different between him and some of the other guys like orlando he's going to england uh in december it's already official but right. but he was, he was playing uh, uh in the tri-nations so that was that's basically what happened with with Krivi. they wanted him right away and he, you know of course he should have <coughs> taken it did the right thing and um, but I mean look at the age he is and look look at who they have Montosha for goodness sake I mean he actually took over you Karimi know, in the World Cup itself so yeah he did. Uh, you, you could debate who would be starting now uh, yeah. But I mean, it, it's a good thing and a bad thing because obviously bad for the player involved. But I mean, Argentina do have other players, and I uh, mean, yeah. uh, Tokina was brought back from England to play Super Rugby, for example.
0: Just and, on um, that, just, just on that quickly, um, are there are there any other players that we haven't thought of? International players that would be starters or on the bench. I mean, the only other player I can think of at the top of my head was Thomas Lavanini. Um, but uh, is, there, is there anyone else who you could pick from overseas, England or France, and could um, immediately start <clears throat> the, the RG's team? Yeah,
1: Levinini Levin is the big one. Uh, uh, I mean, right now, I'd probably say no. Uh, but uh, there are some, some players you would say are in the conversation. Uh, for example, there's an uncapped guy called Axel Muller, who plays for for Brieve and... I mean, he's uncapped, so he can't really say much more than that. But, uh, you know, he's very, really good and would be in an opportunity on merit. Uh, other players, I, I can't realistically say. I think they're basically all got the call-up. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Maroney would be there if he was fit, but he's injured. Uh, he's joining Leicester yeah. in December. Early uh, Pichetta was dropped. Look, the guy's, the guys uh, 34. It uh, was time. Looks
0: else. That's good. I just wanted to see if there was anyone, uh, you, know, you usually come up with some players we haven't heard of, so I, I, thought, um, <laughs> no, I thought we had the bases pretty well covered. Look, speaking of players from overseas, we mentioned him before, for Kundo Issa, um, I thought, look, Rodrigo Bruni has a great game. Both uh, Bruni and Issa are both 27 years old, about the same size, uh, but for me, Issa is just one of the most explosive players uh, in world rugby, and I think he showed that when he came on at the end of the game. He Was immense, just a few carries and hits. Um, I thought he's fantastic. Surely he's going to be pushing for a starting bird,
2: yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that back row is got to be you know one of the best in the world. Matera, Crema, Isa. You know, I, I can't think of a, a, a back row pairing that I think are, are better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're,
1: we're, we're pretty, we're, we're, you know, over here, we're, we're pretty confident, you know, very happy with them. In the past, we've, we've had one or two good back rowers in, in the Pumas, but. You know, often, often, they've carried them, like Fernandes Lobby, for example, just phenomenal, yeah. one of the greats from the last decade. but uh, often he had a guy or two of them with him who were substandard, or you know just no one to, you know kicked them or anything like that. but now we're the you know the three guys you mentioned, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I, I think uh, Bruni, you know is starting based on. Isa, having been injured, uh, yeah, he was injured for too long and, and traveled anyway, and now he's fit. So, but also, Broni, Br- Br- if you look at him, he's really bulked up a lot, yeah. so a lot like, uh, looks much, 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 much bigger. So, that's good, obviously. Yeah. And uh, they bo- they're both doing well. And what more can you say? There's also a, a guy who's, get, who's, who's, in, who's traveling. He hasn't played yet. He's uncapped. Who a lot of people are really excited about. So he's Joaquin Oviedo. He's a number eight. Uh, he's uh, 19. You
3: greedy, mate. You've got too many number eights. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the things about Argentina. They've, they've always produced players in certain positions. So number eight's one of them. Yeah. Yeah.
3: The the Argentinian team definitely doesn't lack any huge huge men, does it? Speaking of the Argentinian men, they're up against the uh, the Kiwis this weekend. And before we go to the Argentinian side of the uh, the equation that we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, what do you see from the New Zealand approach? You know, and I, I'd love to hear a completely different opinion than my own because I hear myself talk too much. Uh, I, I think Scott Barrett Hoskins Tutu. Uh, maybe Nepo La Lala la or some obvious inclusions that they could look at. What, what, how do you see it unfolding from New Zealand? How do they try and counter this defensive wall that seems to be almost impenetrable at the moment?
1: Sure. I, I think the, I think the all blacks are obviously, all of the players are excellent. They're all world-class. The one thing I would say is, is, is about Barrett, Bolden Barrett at fullback. Is, is, is that what we should be doing? You know, uh Argentina did that for a long time Hernandez because the whole idea was oh look you know this guy has to start but we also have this other good guy here and no one that good there but Argentina is different than the All Blacks in that regard because New Zealand does have the good players everywhere (laughs) so I think they need to fix that and 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 also number eight I mean
0: well, hold on Paul what what would you do we're, we're very deeply divided on this topic um, right. I, I, I said that uh, the, the two boys love Richie Moanga and think he has to start I personally would be happy to start Bowden Barrett and have Richie Moanga on the bench I think even if you've got two world class 10s one of them you can put one on the bench where do you where do you sit on that equation
1: I think today mm. I would start Bowden Barrett but in a couple of years I, I don't think that would be the case yes but
2: thank I, you Paul because... <laughs>
1: I, th- I think about Dan Carter. I mean, he shouldn't have been playing in 2015, but he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and they had Barrett and other players, but basically Barrett got some starts against Argentina in, in the 2013-2014 period. Mm. Uh, but uh, but uh, Carter was playing South Africa and the Wallabies. And So, I mean, that's, that's what they should be doing. Uh, yeah. That should be the attitude as I see it. Also, Jordy Barrett, what's his position? Yeah. Not a wing. Yeah.
2: All back. Not yeah. <laughs> he's not a winger. <laughs> yeah.
0: Even the All Blacks coach said Geordie Barrett's the best fullback in New Zealand. And yet he's not playing fullback. So. Is,
2: you said the Argentina have done it for, for a number of years. This is one thing that the Wallabies you know, got tore apart in the last sort of four or five years. Playing people out of position. Just trying to get right. you know, your best players on the park. Put them in different positions. And I, I don't think it's working for the All Blacks at the moment. You know, we're, we've got, as you were about to touch on, Artie Sevilla is just world-class. But there's there's the balance at that back row isn't there yet at the moment for me mm-hmm. with Kane and Artie, and, and, and Frizzell hasn't really been ste- stepping up. But um, yeah. I, I think there's going to be a couple changes. I, I, I think we've got to see Scott Barrett back in for Tupovaya. Uh, Scott Barrett was injured, was he? No. Or oh, was he just starting Tupovaya? That's crazy for me, to be fair. But, um, yeah, so... Onto the uh, Argentine lineup, you were touching on it before. So we know Imohoff's not going to be there. Do, do we think Sanchez is going to be rested, and, and if so, do we see Miotti come in, or, or how do you see that playing out?
1: That's what I suspect. Uh, we're going to know on uh, tomorrow, Tuesday. We're going to know exactly what's happening yep. there right. uh, because Miotti <clears throat> was unable to play in the first two matches based on injury, uh, nothing serious. He got. Uh, a and, and knock in the, in the warm-up against Australia 15, so simply uh, they opted uh, looked at what they had and said, look, this is going to cover fly half, and we're going <clears> to <throat> have other players on the bench. Mm. Uh, it worked out of fine in the end, didn't it? However, it almost didn't because Roffelli, of course, was on after 15 minutes for Imhoff, so that was, the, that was problematic. So, I mean, I, I would be very surprised if Uh, Sanchez does again start. Ledesma did say that he's going to rotate. He hasn't made it clear who he's talking about. He did say that he needs to assess how the players are. Um, That probably is what happens today in training. Uh, Tomorrow again, that's when we're going to get a good look at who who the 15 are that he has in mind of starting. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are certain players who haven't played yet who realistically should be there. So I would say Juan Cruz-Machia, the, the, the center.
0: That's who Actually. I would have thought would be your center fly-half cover.
1: Right. And I was quite surprised that he wasn't. So obviously that was a game plan decision more than anything. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll replace Orlando. So it be shock about him. That's what I would guess. Uh, Cordero probably start on the, the wing with him and Dalgy. Uh, that's probable. Carreras will be fullback again. Uh, Bertrand will, will be scrum half again because uh, I mean Kobel not going to play by the looks of things, so it won't change anything there. The back row and second row may change. I mean, I, I just saw speculations, nothing more than that at point that Alamano will uh, miss the game, more more just on rotation than anything else, yeah. uh, and so the. That would probably mean Crema moves to, to second row. Mm. Uh, and so you have a, maybe Grondana starting at Blanca in, right. in, in his position. So the, the, other, the other one is, is uh, loosehead, So Teta Chaparro was uh, not injured, but I mean, post-match, that his name came up as somewhat clouded. So I would suspect Michael Beavis will play loose head. Um the rest, the rest of the team, basically, a, a, as you saw, so you're going to have Petty, Matera, uh, Chocobar, Carrera, uh, so, you know, probably probably uh, five five or six changes. That's, that's a probable. Lot. <laughs> a lot. But, I mean, they, they need to. And this is the game to do it. You don't do it for the final match. You do it for the third. Uh, like, uh, like I've been telling myself uh this is a World Cup uh, pool. We're talking about uh, four matches. And the good thing is it's done correctly. There's no midweek games. There's no, you know, no two games in four, uh, four days or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And, it is, and we could be seeing this. I don't know if you guys have. <laughs> oh, yeah. chance, but this is exactly what we could get uh, because of the bans for the next World Cup. New Zealand are in the first the second, straight to the third. We could get this exact thing in the World Cup. Uh, you know, and if, if that being the case, let's let's hope that you know uh, that that there is not not a riot outside World Rugby headquarters because this is just. This it's is a good shocking. good
2: way to limit, um, like in two thousand fifteen, all the Southern Hemisphere teams being in the top four teams of the World Cup. Mm. Put them all in the same pool. Chuck South Africa in there as well.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, Wales are now ninth and they're, but because of the draw is based on January rankings, they're they're the top category. So, you know, what can you say about that? Obviously, it's not sporting, is it? But, uh, hey, the decision has been made. Um, and uh, either way, I mean, uh, it's exciting looking forward, obviously, because the, the win over the All Blacks is, is now official. It's, and it's a question of when are we going to get another one? And, uh, I mean, hopefully it's sooner than than some others have had to wait. I mean, there are certain teams who 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 have not beaten the All-X for many, many decades. Yeah, absolutely.
3: we uh, the sorry. two big questions, I think, mm-hmm. leading up into this game. The first one that I think is staring us all in the face is Argentina's physicality and motivation was so incredibly high in that first game. I think their defensive line was just as good in the second game, but maybe not that same level of aggression and dominance that they showed against the all-black side. Can they keep that up? Can they lift that intensity back to the level that's needed to quieten New Zealand? Because you know, as, as Australia showed, if you don't do that, they can put a lot of points on you. How do they actually, how do they actually keep that up? Or do you think they can with the, the is the changes enough? Yeah, I'm divided, to be
1: honest. Uh, I, I definitely think that the intensity, like you mentioned, that was lacking. Uh, and, and when Australia was using the width earlier as they were, it was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, they really, they, they really know what they're doing, obviously. And this this could could be a big big win for them. Uh, obviously, Argentina managed to to come uh, to hold firm, come back. Uh, but I do think the tired legs is evidence, and and the coach has said it himself. He he was asked post match uh, who was the better team. and He said, "Oh, Australia was clearly the better team in this match. Uh, they they had it on us. We we were backing up." And it was not only physically but also mentally really hard for the players to come back. Uh, they will they will go to the bench or to the greatest uh, roster uh, for for the for these reasons. I mean, it's, it's just too hard to to play uh, this level of rugby re- repeatedly. And this is one of the things which I think Sam Kane got wrong when he was trying to you know tell the. All black supporters, ease off, please. You got you like you said something along the lines of fans don't know what they're talking about. And, uh, well, I mean, can you just be clear with them? Say, look, we've we've played a lot of matches already, uh, and we were not at our best, and we apologize for that. But the opposition just happened to be very good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so <laughs> that happened. <huh>? I mean, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you guys would sum it up, but that's basically what was my take on it anyway. And yeah, I yeah.
0: completely agree, actually. I think it's spot on. Yeah, no, I think that's very good. Oh, look, I think the question that we'd love an answer from is um, have, you, have you seen anyone find a good counter to that uh, defensive wall, particularly that line speed? We talked about last week, and I think we talked again a little bit about mm. this week. The times when New Zealand has lost over the last few years has been that line speed in your face defense. It's the only, they haven't seemed to come up with a solution to that yet. Um, yeah. Do you, Have you found anyone, has there been any teams that have found a solution against Argentina when they've been doing that?
1: Yeah, well, uh, again, I would i would say they're, they're I mean, uh, well, Desmond has said, we want to play like Argentina. We don't want to play like other teams. And that's a mistake we have made in the past. Mm. And, uh, I mean, when I look at how New Zealand lost the matches, and this has been mentioned, uh, it's not my original, uh, it's not coming from me. It's other people have mentioned it. It's that mm. England, Australia, and Argentina—they all did the same thing to beat the All Blacks. Uh, that semi, semi-final match, for example, uh, that's how to beat them. Mm. That's exactly what they did. That's a fancy arrangement to do. If you look at how England have their defense, for instance, it's not a straight line. It, it, it is on an angle, mm. and so. When the, the, the ball does get past, the line coming up is, is actually a straight line in terms of, of the angle. Actually, that is
0: sideline. Is that what you're trying to say? It's a... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, you, I mean, because we've often seen defense coming back and forth together, but they're not doing that now. They've turned it. And so that's a, that has literally shut down things. And so the way to expose this, I think we've seen it. It's from South Africa in the final. I mean, What what they did there was, I mean, they destroyed England in the final, yeah. and uh, absolutely. And so I would say, I would say that that's that's what anyone should be trying to to, to, to look at now to, to get a grip of of where to go, how how to defeat this, this how to expose it. Uh, so the the whole the whole concept of why it's working for Argentina is trust the guy outside. They never used to, I mean, they, they did, but in two minds, you're not, you're no longer seeing the whole idea of the center comes up, comes out to the wing. So they've got two on one out there. Then there's an inside pass and suddenly there's a try through the middle. That's what we've always saw. Hmm. Uh, that, I mean, for example, the try we had, uh, yeah. from, from Australia against Argentina in the 2018 Pumas win. that's, that's what it was. Uh, Scrum half got, got, got the ball exactly in that way, and support and went through because you had ultimately a center and a winger marking the, the one player. And there you go, the support, support player is able to get through. So mm. uh, the defense now is just, it's a wall. <laughs> so, how do you beat the wall? I mean, do, do, you, kick and, do you kick and chase? Mm.
2: Well, I think I mean, that, yeah, I mean, it, teams have shown, like, I think we had a few occasions where we, you know, we we were moving forward. We were making our meters, and we looked to little kicks. We looked at other things that you know, if if done perfectly, would have come off. Um, right. so I, there's something in that. I don't think we were too far off the answer on mm-hmm. a couple of occasions. Just yeah. able to convert it last week, but, but I think the the next thing for the Pumas is definitely, you know, how how do they start scoring points with tries? Not just off the boot. You know, uh, regularly against the All Blacks, we normally say you have to score tries. Last week, the All Blacks. Two weeks ago, didn't won't you know kicking the ball, won't taking their points when they're on offer. Um, I don't know if you'll see as as much of that this week. I think they'll be a little more inclined to take those points, especially early on. But we all know that they can score a try or two at any point in the game from wherever they are. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think to to beat the All Blacks, you, you have to score a try or two. So where where do you see that coming from? with the Argentine, uh, Argentina side this week?
1: Yeah, I, they, they will need to score tries. <laughs> yeah. no, no question. Uh, I mean, I think tries are something which are, uh, against good opposition, tries are constructed. They're not, um, I mean, sometimes they're based on luck, but ultimately they're the result of phase play, and, um, 12, 15, even more than that phases, and, and then the try, I mean, that the try that was scored uh, from Sanchez, I mean, they had advantage, he kicked, got, got the bounce, I mean, luck, of course, but yep. that was, I can't, I, I, I cannot recall specifically but we're talking about, 15 plus phases. Yep. All that, couldn't, couldn't get the ball, so <clears throat> Pumas were going forward, and, and, and that was that's what basically happened. So, <laughs>
2: there's a there's a weakness there at that place in, in that cover. I don't know if it's the fifteen, ten sort of combination and, and that fifteen stop slowing behind with with Bowden Barrett there, but very similar with less phases of, of what the Wallabies did there. There was that that space just in behind yeah. the line.
0: Yeah, where Reese to kicked through. Yeah. Hmm. Um, look, I'll, I guess for mine, uh, we've talked about the impressive set piece of the of the premise. Um, I think I said, I've said this a lot over the last year, particularly that I think that particularly New Zealand scrum is nowhere near up to standard uh, compared to it has, how it has been in recent years. And I feel like Australia playing New Zealand so often, we haven't been able to expose that enough or get the reward that I think we're due. I think the Australian scrum and front row is very impressive. Similarly, I think the, uh, the Argentine scrum is, has been very impressive. What, I don't know what else do they need to do to to push their advantage in that. Obviously, the Pumas will be targeting the line out; that was incre- incredibly successful. But uh, I feel like they need to really, you know, if try and seek out scrum penalties and just keep taking more scrum options and really expose that. It's a good way to get a, a player sent off um, with a repeat infringements.
1: Absolutely,
0: hmm. uh,
1: I think one of the problems from the from the game this past weekend was that. There was there was a lot. Both captains were were uh, not really happy with with the breakdown and how it was officiated. And I mean, uh, I'm not going to point fingers here, but ultimately they didn't really know what was going on. So there were there were from both teams uh, definitely um, second thoughts about entering and uh, how is this going going, going to be. Uh, appreciated that kind of thing. I, I don't think we're going to see that again. So I suspect we're going to see far more uh, physicality at the breakdown from, from both teams. Yeah. Uh, Argentina, that, that's what we will have to do. Uh, I mean, I, I cannot recall a single match where the the, the, the comments uh, from the, the experts talking about an all loss did not mention that that they were out-muscled. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, maybe they want to want to want to say it was dirty play in terms of the '99 World Cup, but I mean, France destroyed them. That's that's end of story. They destroyed them. Australia destroyed them at the World Cup 2003. So, uh, Argentina and and wallabies, the wins they got over New Zealand this year, they were better. Hmm. So South Africa is basically South Africa is written for everybody in the last well forever but specifically the last decade they've shown this is how you beat them you've got to do this uh, because the whole idea of all are going to have fast, immense the breakdown they're going to have quick recycled ball massive accuracy and, and the finish is there so they're always going, going to be likely to, to win by a big score but we've seen that it's, it's not so simple I mean Get the physical, physicality there uh, and the mistakes come. And so that's going to be Argentina's game plan, I suspect. Uh, definitely scrum and line as you guys mentioned. But also the breakdown, you know, Crema and other guys, but basically that, that's what they're there for. But it doesn't, you don't need to be making uh, massive yards with ball in hand. That's secondary. You're there so you can literally smash the players back. Yeah. And that, that, that's it. And, and then Matera, Montoya and others can get over the ball and try to win a penalty. That brings
3: and us to the, the perfect segue. <laughs> Who's going to win? Who are you tipping? And by how much? Ooh, tough.
2: We're putting him right. on the spot
1: first. <clears> yeah. I mean, it, it's too hard to say that Argentina are, are, are favourites. I mean, of course they're not. New Zealand are a favorite. Uh, I, I, I always like to see, the, see who the teams are going to be first, like who's playing. But, uh, I mean, I, I, would, I would pick if New Zealand win by. Uh, I, would, I, don't, I don't, don't know specifically how much. I don't think they will get four tries. But they need to win this game based on, on, on the points and, uh, and the rest of it, or, or they simply won't. Win the tournament, and they're going to be under massive pressure. So I would say eight-point victory is probably uh, likely. What do yep. you guys have yep.
0: Harry? What about yourself? What are you tipping?
3: Uh, look, I, I think actually Paul convinced me to uh, back New Zealand more heavily because I think I think this is the last test of the year for New Zealand, and I think he's right in that they will Argentina Argentina will have to make a number of changes. So. They're going to be the team that's a little bit more tired. That's going to be a little bit less organized because they have made those changes. And I I can see New Zealand just saying, you know, this is our last game for the year to really leave an impression of who we are and to right some wrongs that have been made over the last couple of weeks. So I I think, you know, probably 12, 14 points is, is not out of the question and considering they put pretty much 50 on us, you know, I still think that's a decent effort for, Argy's on their third game in a row. Else, yeah, I'm on a similar similar wavelength. I think, especially if we do
2: see you know four or five changes to the Pumas, not taking anything away from them. I you know I don't think we'll see necessarily as many changes from the All Blacks. It's hard. It's hard to do this week after week against the All Blacks. I think we did really really good week one and got them by surprise. Week two, I don't think we were you know inferior for a lot of that game, you know, first half, I think we we were right in that and it sort of got away from us. And maybe it was, you know, a physical week, the week before. And now the Pumas have had a couple really physical weeks in a row after not playing so much footy. So Kiwis with the week rest, I'm going to go Kiwis by a couple tries. I'll say 15, just to be different to you.
0: All right. Well, I forgot what Harry said already, but I will say, um, new zealand by uh 12 i think um Ooh. i think I, one of the things paul said earlier, uh, when we first had him on to, uh, to the pod was um that you know uh there's lots of talk about argentina's win and uh you know i don't think anyone was really calling it lucky but i think we can say from experience that uh you can't you can't beat new zealand with luck there's no chance of that yeah. um I would love personally for Argentina to beat New Zealand again. That would be great! The, them losing the last game of the year would be enough for the team to Green completely implode and players to leave overseas every which way, and um, you know bring balance back to the universe. Oh, that'd be good. But um, look, we can't. Uh, we can only but hope um, for that. So, uh, one thing I'll, I will do in in rounding out the podcast, uh, I was got so excited when Paul jumped straight on and joined us that I. Forgot to um, get after Paul's Twitter handle, uh, which is at America's Oval. Um, so follow him there if you uh, aren't already. I think there's already about 4,000 people following Paul to get all the news in Argent- Argentina, uh, Argentina, Argentina and um, all of South America and America's uh, rugby news. Paul, I-, I see you tweet a lot about um, the Major League Rugby coming up and, uh, and a lot of the various competitions. So um, there's a lot of exciting things, uh, promising things coming up there. Um, and yeah look thank you so much for, for joining us once again you've always uh, educate us with things we didn't know players that we didn't know stats we didn't know it's fantastic having you on and just um, just like the team themselves seeing your passion for uh, for Argentina. Argentine Argentina, oh, I'm really struggling at the end of this podcast <laughs> um, so yeah look thank you very much again and um, we we wish you all the best and uh, Argentina this weekend I guess uh, I, I would be remiss if I did leave. The, the guys would kill me for asking more questions. I have loads more questions, but I have to ask, what has become of my, one of my favourite players, Manuel Montero? Is he still just playing local rugby? Um, I think he's playing in Paraguay. Is that what's still right?
1: Yeah, he joined the Olympia uh, Lions, which were the, was the Paraguayan team for the uh, South American Professional League. But no, now he has actually gone to Canada. He's going to be playing Major League Rugby for Toronto.
0: Oh, oh. really? Yeah. I thought, I thought that was um, Tugolette signed there. Did they both sign?
1: Both, yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Oh,
0: good.
1: yeah, and they've got, they've got uh, also uh, two Uruguayans from the World Cup in the yeah. back three and uh, a couple of other RGs. So pretty interesting for South Americans. Uh, well, I
2: think... This, this is a great time for South American footy uh, in America and, and like in Canada, they've, they've gone up and dropped back down a little bit. And, you know, South America, I think it's time for them to grow. This is just these last couple of weeks couldn't be any better in my eyes for not even just Argentina, but yeah, South, South American footy with, you know, a lot of other sports not on at the moment. It's, it's got to be front and center over there. And, and hopefully with these players, you know, joining major league rugby and, and the, the South the South American league, we're going to see the, the footy over there grow.
0: That's it.
3: I just want to give a uh, a quick shout out to the knowledge of the man that joins us as well. Uh, I remember, in the last couple of years, a couple of names that he's thrown out to us where we were completely ignorant was uh, Crema, Rooney, <laughs> and Chocobates. And we had absolutely no idea who he was talking about. And now they're being raved about around the world for how well they've played in this international season. So, And I've always got my eyes uh, every fantasy footy season to try and see who you're going to name. So I'm hoping <laughs> that we get a few Argentinians in the Australian squad has been rumoured at the moment, so you can keep kind of dropping in those little nuggets for
1: all of us. Absolutely. Hopefully the Reds and Waratars and so on can, can, can sign some of these guys. Who Because G, for example, is on the market. Yeah. Come on, get him. Take
2: him. <laughs> Tars, Tars need anyone at the moment. Like, we've yeah. got a the squad. Yeah. That's it.
0: All right. Well, look, thank you very much once again, Paul, for joining us. Um, and we hope to talk to you probably in a couple of months uh, in the lead up to, to Super Rugby. So... Um, Look, I, we might not have a Hagiwarius team, but it sounds like we'll have some Argentinian players to talk about. So um, Absolutely. we would love to, uh, for you to join us again. So thank you very much. And we'll catch you again in the next one.
1: Thanks, mate. So ya. My pleasure.
0: Thanks, Paul.